This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and today we're going to build upon the heavy metal goodness we brought to you last week and add a little orchestra. And on this journey with me is my life mate, Mark. Hey, I just had another pickle, but don't forget Grumble Guy. (laughs) You can find us and Grumble Guy on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, and you can see these delicious mugs right here on YouTube. But when you ask, great question. Thank you so much for asking. New episodes drop each and every Friday. That's right. And if you're hearing us for the first time, yay, you're probably not annoyed with one of our past reviews. Give it time. Give it time. So welcome. Uh, Wait, because as you become more knowledgeable in the music that we love, your friends Uh are going to start not liking you. And once you go to that record store, you're going to move past the YouTube section and you're going to reach for something better. Absolutely. That's right. Here we review records track by track, have lots of musical discussions. We do spotlight episodes, some mysteries in rock and roll as well. Okay, so listen, uh, I know we just threw a lot at you there, but you definitely want to check out our verse series where Frank and I will duke it out on behalf of two bands for something we like to call... Total Stereo Domination. Love it. Oh, love it. Love it. It's almost like Dr... <laughs> the, the villain from Inspector Gadget was that Mr. Oh, Claw? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Claw, Dr. Claw. Yeah, there you go. There you, go. Get you Gadget. <laughs> so, while you're checking us out, uh, be sure to look at Instagram, Facebook group. Hopefully, these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and you keep coming back and you listen to us. And if you got a record that you want us to check out, drop a comment wherever you find this. Maybe we'll uh, review it on this show. Maybe. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Um, so do all that. So, Mark, heavy yeah. metal backed mm-hmm. by an orchestra, symphonic oh. metal. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's a legit totally. thing. And as we dig our forks into this genre, uh, we could trace its roots back to the 90s with regards to it catching mainstream success. Uh, mm-hmm. That, I think, think was largely due to the 1999 release of Metallica's SNM. Um, Mark, what's your thoughts when that record came out, were you into that SM record? Oh, I was totally into it. I, I was in a school band from the sixth grade until they kicked me out for fighting in the ninth grade. Uh, so it was definitely something <laughs> I found really interesting uh, and was really surprised at the fact that this was already a blossoming uh, subgenre that Metallica really. Um, just kind of not necessarily piggybacked off of, but really brought to the forefront. I, I would think that something like this would have kind of come out on its own ahead of this. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And I do love listening to that records. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Both of them are very good. Very good. Absolutely. So the origins of symphonic metal actually could be heard, believe it or not, Mark on 73's uh, black Sabbath record. Um, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Um, and there's a song called spiral architect. And that's hell feature- yeah featured an orchestra there you go however Mm -hmm. it was the extreme swiss band 
called Celtic Frost that mm-hmm. in 1985 used a French horn on their album to, <laughs> to Megatherion. Cool. Yeah. Now, moving to the 90s, we have groups, and I'm not familiar with these. I'm just saying their names. We have groups Believer, Therion, and Nightwish, all incorporating these sounds into their music with Therion using classical compensational techniques. Uh, to niche this mark even further down, we get this symphonic mes- meshing, excuse me, with all types of metal from power metal, black metal, death metal, and gothic metal, which brings us to this band that we're going to talk about. Epica. Now, before we get to Mark, uh, why do you think this style is particularly popular in Europe and in Scandinavia? You think it's because classical music was obviously a stamp on that side of the globe uh, in some form going all the way back to medieval times? You know, Frank, I, I think there's a good portion of that in the mix for sure. But I think a lot of it boils down to theatrics and, and what what's more theatrical, dare I say, epic than a big old honking classical arrangement uh what's cool about this kind of genre mashup is how natural it feels right the grandiose uh of an orchestra of course the grandiose of orchestral music just fits really well with the -the over-the-top nature of heavy metal yeah they blend they really blend together um, now, back to the band Epica. Let's talk mm-hmm. about them. They formed in 2002 in the Netherlands by rhythm guitarist and growler, growler. vocalist Mark Jensen, and a unknown Simone Simmons, age 17, on lead vocals, who is Jensen's girlfriend. Oh, I hope he was also 17. Are we going to problem? Let's just take a minute. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mess up some names, but here we go. We got guitarist Ad Soldier. Drummer Jaron Simmons, bassist Yves Hutz, and keyboardist Kohn Jensen, spelled differently than Mark Jensen's last name. And Jaron Simmons, I haven't seen if there is a correlation between him and Simone Simmons. I didn't say mm. that. So now the band uh, assembled an orchestra choir made up of three violins, two violas, two cellos, and an upright bass. Uh, they would go on to release basically a record every two years from that point so in 2000 from 2003 let's start there we saw the debut the phantom agony 2005 brought us cosine to oblivion 2007 we had the divine conspiracy 2009 brought us design your universe 2012 requiem for an indifferent and the one we are for the indifferent, excuse me, and the one we're covering today is 2014's mark, the Quantum Enigma. <laughs> now, Jensen and Simmons uh, and the other Jensen would remain, but lineup changes would bring us Isaac Dallahay on lead guitar, Rob Van Der Loo on bass, and Aaron Van Wiesenbeck on drums. Now, for the concept of this record, Mark, mm-hmm. Simone Simmons stated the following. You ready for oh. this? Please. All right. Well, in quantum physics, right? I kicked my brother out of the band. (laughs) (laughs) Quantum physics. uh, They have done this experiment and they found out that whenever you observe particles, they take a certain shape. And when you are looking away, it's a different shape. So in a way, you can say you never know what is reality, right? This whole like mm. red, red pill, blue pill stuff. Uh, right. We determine our reality through our observations. And if we look away, reality 
would change. So the quest of finding out what is reality, what are illusions, is a topic that goes through all of the lyrics, life and death and everything in between. The power of the human mind has been the main source of inspiration for this record. With that said, Mark, are you ready to crack this thing open and place the funnel and see how long it takes us to suck it down? I'm going to slurp this down like a chili dog, brother. But I want to ask you something. Please do. If I'm looking at it and it's like, okay, it's it's shaped like my phone and I turn away and it turns into something else, but I don't know what it is. Right. How do I know it's not still my phone? Right. How is it like it could be a different reality and that's what they call phones, right? Oh, maybe. That makes no sense. It doesn't actually. <laughs> I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that that's not wrong. I'm saying as far as quantum physics go, I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and that's anybody talking about quantum physics. If I pretend I know, I'm full of shit. I read the, the, the main books I read, you know, this marker time travel books. And, mm-hmm. and when they get all technical like that, I'm like, I'm going to just continue to read it. But I don't understand it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm ready for that chili dog. All right, here we go. So track number one, Originem, which is a prelude. And this oh. two minute and small change prelude, we get this lack of a better word, epica intro with the full on orchestra and no signs of metal. The Baroque lyrics translate from the Latin state. Here we go. Uh, we are joined speaking our seeking our source, which is the origin of knowing we are full of vigor how things are made by cultivating. So we invent nature. Brief, but soaked in this metaphysical essence, setting up the stage basically for the show, Mark. Um, did this amp you up by any chance? I don't know that I'd say amped <laughs> up, uh, but I really uh, like the well-constructed arrangement. It's an, it's an interesting little piece to kick this off. off. Uh, I like that they took the time to really kind of set the mood for the record. I'm kind of thinking maybe that this is a concept album. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Right. So Mm -hmm. track two, the second stone. Here is the metal with a really aggressive and shredding intro. Simone's vocals instantly are showing off their talents with this range and the ability to command the song in the midst of all this chaos that's going on. Then Jensen's growls come in. And although just for a short bridge, and even though I don't mind growls, typically I I was instantly thinking I was like, okay, I hope this doesn't occur often throughout the record. But so that aside, uh, for the first uh, for the first album of listening to this band, it was a good introduction as to what they could do. Mark, what's your thoughts on this? You know, uh, Frank, this track was was just like biting into a good chili dog, right? You get a little bit of the, you get you get some bun, you get some dog, you get some chili, you get a little onion, you get some cheese, right? You get ooh, got a mm-hmm. taste of all of it, um, you know. So it's good in that sense. You're getting a good taste of everything that you've been promised from symphonic metal, right? Right. Simone's vocals are clear uh, and beautifully sung. Uh, growling guy gets a, gets a good growling. Uh, the choir choirs. Uh, the rest of the band hits all of those symphonic metal points that, that you'd expect. Uh, so yeah, good, good first song after that kind of cool buildup. Yeah. 
Track three, The Essence of Silence. Well, Jensen's vocals uh, kick us off. And although I am looking for a growler that can balance uh, the clarity, I do like the trade-off between him and Simone's vocals. Uh, To me, the song's content is promoting a balanced state of mind for someone who is in disarray, which I like that overall messaging. Um, The solo is quite captivating, and I thought it was cool when they went an octave higher on the last chorus. Uh, Mark, do you think there is an essence in silence? Other than hating the line, I can see, I perceive this ain't me. Uh, I think there is, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, where loud, raucous music or a, a train suddenly passing overhead feels like chaos. Silence is then order, right? And and again, in this particular case where you're looking at something and it determines what it is you're looking for, I guess that's the meaning of it. Uh, intentionally muting everything is an act of uh, attrition. That's why people find so much meaning in it, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, sure. <laughs> there you go. Track four, Victims of Contingency. <laughs> the intro features a ferocious double bass drum that sounds <laughs> like the firing off of a machine gun. Uh, Jensen again opens up with his growls. So he's the friend at the party that you didn't expect to stop by, but ex- decides to stay, basically. <laughs> um, victims of Contingency sends the message to take responsibility for your life. Um, Mark, are you impressed with the drumming on this track? Oh, definitely. Like those machine gun double bass in the intro, those killer blast beats. We even get uh, a little bit of like that double bass of a brief hardcore-esque breakdown. Um, I do want to add that while I I don't love a lot of the lyrical phrasing, uh, and I'm sure English isn't their first language, so props for that. uh, But I really like the message behind uh, song uh, of taking responsibility for your own actions. I think it's a cool number. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Track five, Sense Without Sanity, the impervious code. Um, I'm seeing a trend here. here. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm seeing a trend here with the song structure. So you get the orchestra intro, you get the classical, uh, you get the vocals followed by thunderous sound, uh, which is the entering of the band, lightning fast speed of the riffs, growling or these choir-esque vocals, and then the actual vocals followed by the natural flow of the song. Listen, it makes sense. I I could assume the construction and composition of these songs are not easy at all. Uh, Mark, since you started uh, listening to this record, are you sensing things without sanity? If you mean madness, yes, I'm <laughs> sensing a bit of madness creeping in, Frank. Oh. Uh, I think I noticed that structure as well. But remember, this isn't uh, a style you and I listen to much on Not our own. Uh, so some of those intricacies of songs like these are going to be lost on us. Um, that said, the first few listens were tough because I wasn't always sure when a song ended and another began, or if it was just kind of like a mid song changed and it threw me off. That happened to me twice where I was convinced it was another song. <laughs> uh, sitting down and going through track by track really was helpful for getting uh, a bit more out of each song. Uh, Growling Guy makes more sense now uh, for sure, but he does. Uh, some of the formula seems to be coming more apparent. Maybe I don't fucking know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which act six unchained utopia. Uh, it could be an early favorite uh, on this album for me. It's a powerful message about the corruption that exists uh, with those pulling the strings. 
Uh, I get the plethora of images in my head and mostly these structures falling and leaving people in a dystopian type future. Maybe that's the apocalyptic, uh, my apocalyptic neurosis. uh, But Uh, how the songs end with this freeing ourselves from the ball and chain. That's always a very liberating feeling to me. So come on, everyone, let it go and you'll feel much better in life. And Mark, how are you doing thus far in uh, track six over here? Yeah, so my ADHD is is grinding my brain right up against my skull. Uh, these songs are a bit longer than my attention span really cares for. And so many of these parts just feel tacked on to extend the, the song length. Uh, I think I'd enjoy this in a, in a condensed form more, but I, I'm not mad about them. And I got to say, you got a favorite? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was paying attention and then a bug flew by so speaking of adhd yeah okay, okay. It's, it's more of like this is my least worst so far there you go least least worst got it yeah this is the yeah. least worst so far i mean yeah, maybe that other song i don't know they're all really just kind of mayonnaise to me go on but can, but can you name the title of the other song because i can't nope there you go so track seven the fifth guardian which is an interlude oh. really beautiful and moving interlude that sounds to me Uh, like you're on a journey through the Scottish Highlands. Uh, The Fifth Guardian makes me think like a family journey and the main character is the protector of the spouse or the kids, or it could be none of that. And, you know, I was just maybe watching too much Highlander Um, and maybe just, you know, about self-discovery um or again, it could just be none of that. Nevertheless, I found this to be a very touching um, number and sombering number. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I'd like to remind everyone, as Ricky Bobby told us, that uh, the Highlander got the Oscar for greatest movie ever. Um, yeah, I thought it had more of a, a Southeast Asia Asian feel to it uh, with the yeah. flute. But after getting kicked out of uh, the school band in the ninth grade, my education on these variations between uh, classical subgenres really kind of stopped uh, altogether. And I'm just making an assumption based on what I've heard from movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, plus there is a big old Buddha head on the cover. That's um, that's a good correlation. Know. Yeah, it, it does work nicely as a segue. Um, yeah. Again, twice as long as it needs to be. Sure, sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I love Highlander. Just so you know, the movie and the show. I, oh I, yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, I, like I said, it won the Oscar for greatest movie ever. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Track a chemical insomnia. Uh, the intro. The intro plans <laughs> into the intro with a very nice and troubling and evil sounding intro, which sets the tone uh, for the content. Lots of imagery with being uh, or power controlling its host and uh, what would I guess make sense as a common theme here for this music. You know, we have a prog rock breakdown before the exchange of vocals between Jensen and Simmons. I was personally hoping for uh, that the growling would not make an appearance in this song, but what are you going to do? Mark, mm-hmm. what's, what say you? I don't know if it was the lyrics, but I kind of wish this was an instrumental again. I don't know if that last track ruined me. All that mm. imagery feels like stacking too many toppings onto that chili dog. You just aren't going to get what you want. And it, it causes just the whole thing to just be overdone and, and not really work. You know, your hands are just messy and it feel like crap. Plus <laughs> the rhyme scheme is kind of terrible at points. It's just cliche after cliche. And it, I just have a hard time believing they're actually trying to say something with so many cliches, uh, which it, it's okay to not say something with your music, but then 
maybe tone down every line being a metaphor. I don't know. Maybe well, just the, me. Uh, is that balance they were talking about a couple of songs ago, right? Maybe yeah. you got <laughs> to just, just left it off this one. <laughs> Uh, track nine, Reverence, Living in the Heart. Uh, more Machine Gun, not Kelly, more Machine oh. Gun intros uh, with the shredding guitars, chaotic arrangements of sounds. One could probably find 90% of these episodes where I'm saying something, would, which is what I'm going to say, right, uh, of the following. I, I don't mind this song, but nine tracks in, uh, it's starting to become a bit long, which means it's hard to draw the line between song to song. Again, you could go back, reference these episodes. I'd probably say it more often than not, and, and it's true uh, to some that may be fine but i do like albums to have the ability to distinguish themselves uh from song to song during this song i had to keep looking at the title uh to see which song i was listening to and up until the insane solo at the end which was pretty badass um i was really having a hard time mark do you feel the same way here no 100 uh there are there are some really cool parts here uh, however with the song all being so long and so repetitive, I'm really struggling to find a single song that's that's sticking in my brain. It feels more like I've been playing a video game and the, like the the, oh. the soundtrack to the video game is just looping. And then you get to like a boss and like, oh, it does a little change. And then the next level, a different song starts. So it's kind of not really doing anything for me at this point. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I have to, I even forget if I say this at the end or not, but you know, it was, it's one of those albums that you could literally put on in the background, just not pay attention, but kind of know it's there, you know? Yeah. Just like you do play. say that. Yeah. No. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Track uh, 10. Spoiler open. alert. Yeah. The ghoulish, the ghoulish milady. Uh, well, with the verbal, all the verbal debris, debris that, uh, that I just, you know, spewed out here, uh, we get the variance in sound. The isolation in the music gives us a front row view for its strengths. That's really what Simmons' voice possesses. I appreciate the song's construction uh, as it's one. You know, I I just wish I had a easier time picking these out in the in the crowd. You know, Jensen's growls. Mm-hmm. I don't mind here because there's something about the blending of that growl with the music. And again, it features that balance that we talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. But Mark, are you ghoulish, Melede? I. Is it ghoulish malady or ghoulish malady? Nah, probably ghoulish malady. Okay, I wasn't sure, and I couldn't tell if you were making a joke or not. Yeah, I was, I was trying. To. Um, so she has a beautiful voice, right? Yes. Uh, but she stays in such a high range for so much that when she's singing, like just kind of the everyday words that fill in songs that aren't kind of the high points of songs, the songs can sound a bit ridiculous to me. Uh, again. Some moments here that really work uh, well together, <laughs> but the long format is, is working against them here because she's got to fill these long songs with these like overdone lyrics that just don't always match her voice and her vocal performance. And it, it takes some of the shine off of songs like these for me. There you go. All yeah. Right. Well, my lady. <laughs> come come my lady <laughs> be my butterfly my sugar. I, I'm actually not like growling up. <laughs> that was better right you're a good growler no I'm not <laughs> track, track 11 canvas of life uh, an alluring piano intro with Ooh, a man. classical guitar really shows Simone's vocals to shine bright. I wouldn't want a whole album of this at all, but with a band like this, I think these songs move along the albums nicely. 
canvas of life is pretty much the circle of life. So maybe next time I watch the lion King, I will mute it and have this song on loop. Perhaps um, Mark, uh, you think maybe we could do that over YouTube? You know, I was just thinking uh, I'm, I'm just never going to watch lion King ever. Again. <laughs> uh, and, and if this was cut, uh, into that uh i don't know that i'd watch that either anyways uh <laughs> speaking of things that i would cut i'd cut this song off at about two and a half minutes Ooh. um before the drums come in i think it works better as as a, a thoughtful interlude but again it feels like they're just tacking more and more onto the back of these songs to feel like some arbitrary time limit that they they have to meet because it's a symphony or some shit yeah. uh at five and a half minutes this song is just drags out way too long and it's interesting if you look at the the track listing and the the song times uh the song lengths excuse me with the exception of uh the last song or i guess you know whatever the title track right 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 they're all right around five and a half minutes and it's a little like when i see that consistent consistently it feels less like you're composing something that means something and more like you've got a formula you're sticking to and that you don't really give a shit about the music. I mean, that's yeah, just me. There, there's a deliberate nature to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, you know, like not every Mozart piece is, is, is 18 minutes long, right? There's some short ones. There's some long ones. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, so the idea that like, for some reason, all of the actual songs, right? Some of the interludes are shorter, right? The yes. opening shorter, but like the actual tracks are all five and a half minutes ish long. Like they're all within like 20 seconds either way. Mm. kind of doesn't seem yeah you know, gotcha makes sense to me That's yeah genuine. no it makes sense makes sense mm -hmm. we'll track 12 natural corruption uh, more <laughs> dystopian imagery with the lines of corruption resting with those that seemingly control us is all there uh with a band like this i'm sure there's again like a box of content that you just pull out that you have to reside in due to the overall vision of the band a kind of almost similar vein to what you were talking about earlier with the song arrangements yeah. so it makes sense listen at, at track 12 it's another grand sounding song um but yo mark are you naturally corrupted yeah, I've been told by many Christians that I am. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, anyways, back to Twack 12. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if this was meant to be a, a concept album. And I said that earlier, or if it's just the, the tone this album takes. But it does feel like they're choosing to stay in that thematic lane, doesn't it? Um, while the songs are starting to, to more or less, uh, sound more individual here on the the back end of the album there is a bit more distinction it's also starting to just blur together and i i can't remember the first half of this record at all at this point it's just it's just symphony intro pretty singing blast beat growling and then rinse repeat like it, it's really just starting to blur together with the exception of the couple intros that actually distinguish songs from songs wait a minute there's a first half to this album I don't I don't even know where I am in time and space anymore. This is an enigma of quantum physics, Frank. We're gonna look away and neither one of us is gonna exist. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit. I told you. Ooh, I'm scared right now. Yeah. Well, track 13, the quantum enigma. Here we go. Title track. Uh in parentheses, Kingdom of Heaven 2. 
Part That's two. a great sequel. Right. So the Kingdom of Heaven is a trilogy in the band's discography, with Kingdom of Heaven, the first one, being on 2009's Design Your Universe. Uh, oh. This track is the title track for this record, and it's the second installment. And the third, which I'll mess up, is the Anti-Dilvillian Universe, which will eventually be on 2021's Omega record. Omega. Uh, you could break it down to a metaphysical level, as this record, of course, has quantum in it uh, and it's mm-hmm. apparent question really it's questioning everything about life and its its specific meaning uh, from what is physical what is not what we believe what uh, where we are what we leave what and what which which we could allude to uh, just from a metal metaphysical standpoint excuse me um, the searching of the truth in our journey is what seems to be satisfying one's soul. So at least that's what I'm getting from everything. Uh, I mean, a trilogy or a concept like this, it could have easily been an EP mark onto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, were you into this tune? It's a long one. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> way, way too long at 12 minutes. No. The, the throat singing up top was kind of cool. Like again, oh, wait a second. We're distinguishing parts. We're, we're separating these songs in some way. Uh, I I know a, a new song was going to start when, when you start just going <laughs> right. Um, one of the biggest things that, that came to me during this was the way they write these, these choral parts. It, it's like, remember those hardcore bands who can only sing one syllable at a time? Yes. Uh, in a very staccato manner. Um, but they're kind of doing that through like most of this album. It feels like they, they have a really hard time getting the the court the court the choral the whatever the fuck you call the group of people in the court the chorus <laughs> holy crap my brain's doing too much i had that pickle um it doesn't seem like they're writing those parts for those those pieces to go out they're just staying really stagnant and and very repetitive uh it's very odd uh, and it, it's really become a distraction in fact it's kind of nice to have something to be paying attention to at this point <laughs> Oh, here we are. Track 14, Banish or Illusion. It's a bonus track from what I could tell. Uh, there's there's other versions with other tracks, but this is the one that was on Spotify. Uh, you get a more Celtic folk influence, which I think is a nice blend. But by this time, uh, the chanting, the choir, I could start doing without it. I don't mm-hmm. mind. I would just like a tune or two without it. Uh, I'm indifferent to this song. Mark, what about you? Yeah, it looks like there was a few different bonus tracks, depending on which variant of the album you picked up, which is interesting that they released like a couple different digital variants to an album. Uh, The variation on the the intro was cool, but then it just it just blends black blends back into the same noise. uh, The rest of the album uh, has been for a few tracks. So, you know, it it was interesting because I thought, oh, maybe this is where Frank made that connection to that other piece sounding kind of Celtic was that this has kind of that Celtic feel to it as well. Um, but man, I, I'm, I'm just so bored. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you have it, folks. Epica. Very fitting name for this band. Uh, my cousin, who uh, is a big metalhead, he, he came across a couple of their songs, so he told me to check it out. And his initial um, pre- presentation of it to me was, he, he said how Simone's vocals were just unworldly and amazing and then he added how it's a shame that people like adele taylor swift occupy the spotlight when you have a town like this and i think that's that 80 20 rule mark me and you always chat about yeah the fact and also too let's be honest the fact that this style of music 
it's not for everybody at all. These are when, when you get so niche yeah. and you narrow down the genres and you throw in other things, you got to be in a certain mood. Um, right. This is a complicated set of arrangements. And I give the band mm-hmm. credit for blending everything together from their name and then matching the music, uh, the futuristic dystopian metaphysical lyrical content. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's presented like a play, like a like a movie or even an opera. I, I wouldn't say there's a flowing story here with an evident plot or climax, but there's consistent themes that you could add to your imagination for the story you want to create. Musically, listen, the band is undoubtedly tight, and the guitars are really, I think, superior in their technical skills. The drums, Mark, were, ta- were, were talking, acting like they're firing off machine guns. No, the choir, right. the orchestra, adding not only the strings, but the Baroque vocals um, that take you back. Simone's vocals, to me, are the highlight, as they really do add to the thematic nature of the band. While I get the point of the growls, I, I could do without some of them. Uh, I don't mind them coming in from here and there to add to the song. Uh, some of my favorites that stuck out to me were the second stone on Chain Utopia, the fifth guardian, which is the interlude omen. Uh, and I did like the title track. Uh, overall, I think this is a band and record, of course, that you need to be in the mood for. It's certainly one you can play in the house. Oh, there you go. There it is while you're doing other stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. I will look more into the catalog, but I do need time to pass uh, to really get mentally ready for it. Uh, I give this album a five out of 10. Um, so, Mark, why don't you take us down the avenue of your final thoughts? Cilantro, amigo. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. Uh, now, there are some really cool things here, right? The guitars shred and can be really cool. I think Simone's vocal performance has some great uh, highs, but as I mentioned, there are some moments where she's clearly over singing the song and it really detracts uh, from the music for me. A growly McGrowlerson <laughs> has some moments too, but more often than not, I feel like I'm pairing more of a, tra- I feel like pairing a more traditional male singer with Simone would have worked better in a few of the songs. Yeah. Her uh, primary counterpoint shouldn't be quite as limited in range as he is um just like her performance shouldn't be quite so limited and it's uh anyways uh i'd like to add i've listened to a few of their other albums to get kind of like a baseline right 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 and she's not as bad about it on other albums so perhaps it's more of just the the approach to this album where she tends to say stay quite so high right um uh, unsurprisingly, by now, I think the album drags uh, to the point of getting uh, just absolutely muddled together. And honestly, it's not really till the back half of the album that the intros start to take on their own identities and, and the and signal a new song has even started. Uh, I get why people like this style of music, but this album really leaves me wanting uh, mostly for it to end. <laughs> Uh, this is getting a three and a half out of 10 for me. I, I didn't enjoy this, but if you like big old orchestral arrangements and ridiculous lyrics and over the top shit, go for it. Check that shit out. There you go. And you brought up a good point too with, with Simone's vocals and being paired with a more uh, traditional male singer, because one thing that was missing and taking the choir out was um, harmonies, right? Harmonies. Yep. Paired with Simone's vocals. And I think that would have been done because the growling wouldn't be paired nicely with Simone's vocals. That just wouldn't work. So if you had a traditional singer paired with Simone, maybe it could have added even more elements to the songs. Yeah. And that choir was always like, if she was, 
you know, pushed up to a seven on the volume, they were never more than a four. Right. You okay, know, they were point. clearly, they were clearly a backdrop instrument. They were not a focus. And I think that plays, especially when it comes to something like harmonies, you can't just have one person doing this high harmony and then this background sound trying to do the other part. It just yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Uh, but like I said, on some of the other albums, her range really is is much more balanced, um, and and it it works better in places. But I mean, like I said, this, that just might be the way they wanted to approach this record. Yeah, um, could be the song know, arrangements. Could be a number of things. The key right. that the song is in. Interesting. And since she kicked her brother out of the band, who knows? I mean, maybe that was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that that <laughs> dude know. was her brother. <laughs> or that she kicked him out. I don't know. Well, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, at least they're not Evanescence, right? I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mark, so tell us what you got or tell me what you got for the next episode. For sure. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's no surprise if you've been listening. Frank and I uh, recently did avails over the James versus Hot Water Music Caution. We, did. Uh, we followed that by doing uh Chuck Reagan versus Tim Barry with both of their first solo albums. We did. Then we did two metal albums. I don't want to burn people out on hot water music yet, but since Chris Wallard has joined the band, I thought maybe it'd be fun to look back at his last album with the Flatliners so that when we do get to the new hot water music album, we have the, we have a little bit more clarity in terms of what he brings to the table for hot water music. So for next week, we're going to be doing the Flatliners 2017 album inviting light Ooh, and you mean chris cresswell not chris wallard yes chris cresswell excuse me a lot of chris's don't worry don't worry yeah. of- <laughs> just like the jansons johnsons and johnsons in this one <laughs> there's epica fans right now swearing in their car like swerving off the road hitting the guardrails <laughs> ready to come kill us oh we're gonna be liable for that man uh-huh. oh <laughs> no we're not no drive safely folks Yes, yes. yes. I, even, I say that at the end, too. When I say be safe out there for every episode. Yes, specifically, that is us not taking liability for anything you do to yourself while <laughs> listening to the episode. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Except awesome, for- though. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. You picked that record because yeah. uh, that record has been a frequent flyer that I've been listening to. And I think yeah. it's really, really nice to start uh, learning their work and how they evolved and, and then how that plays a role. So very excited. Great, great choice. Um, yeah, gonna be awesome. So listen, uh-huh. thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, review. And what did I say before? Be safe out there. Be safe out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh you, you know, uh do all of that. Uh, but don't forget to say it with me now. Oh my my. Oh hell yes. Oh. Bye-bye. Uh, you guys really just going to just be like that. You're not going to let me just talk on the podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs> like a musical contribution to this epic of an episode.